0: Welcome everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. This is your host, Natalie Roberts, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon, and retired registered nurse, harpist, and creator of The Keys of David, Steve Reese. I was just
1: going to say that more than ever, I think humanity needs to see the hand of god in the created order of things yeah and i can't think of a more important message that you're going to bring to us today given the things that you've witnessed happening all over the world
2: yeah if you take a spiritual world view the first thing you recognize going way back to the beginning of things is that there is this struggle that's going that's been going clear back to genesis where we see i will put enmity between you and the woman between your seed and her seed who's he talking to he's talking to this serpent this enemy that causes all the trouble and he's saying even back then that there's that from that point forward there's going to be this struggle and if we don't take that struggle into account as we observe what's going on around us every day then we're we're not going to be equipped to deal with it but if we have a spiritual view then jesus told us he said in the world you will have much trouble but don't be concerned because i've overcome the world i have taken authority and so when we see all of this chaos that's going on it really needs to be a reminder to us that the only way that we're going to get out of this chaos is is as if we accept what Jesus said he said there's a there's a narrow way and there's a broad way he said there's a narrow way that leads to life and blessing and f- then he went on to say sadly there's few that find it and then he said there's a broad way that leads to destruction And many are on that pathway. And so there's been this pathway laid out for us right from the very beginning, clear back in Genesis and on, where God says, you know, we get to the end of Leviticus. He said, if you will, I've I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. If you will choose my way, you'll have blessings in life. If you will choose your way, the world's way, you're going to have cursing and death. And he said, and then at the end of that, he says, please choose life. You know, he yeah. said, I don't well, want to have any problems here. The,
1: imp- the importance of what you're saying is just to get it out of the, the context of the religious dogma.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
1: Drowns us. I want people to understand that there's a way that seems reasonable and logical to you. But there's a quiet, still voice inside of you that says, wait a minute, there's more than what you think. And I think that's the struggle that you're talking about. And we see that very well documented since the beginning of time. And the struggle is for which narrative will dominate your life the word says no you were meant for more than this i created you i know you by name that's why you hear me knock throughout the course of your whole life you've heard this quiet still voice nudging at you that's me i made you i'm your father exactly created and i created you to be like me spirit soul, and body and then there's this natural propensity that does that did come with the document very well documented fall, and that is that no, you were deceived, and in that deception, you chose to follow the way that seemed good to you because you thought I was holding out on you, right? You thought there was more, and I gave you everything, and so with that deception, and by the way, there's a person, there's an identity, there's an image. There is an actual being behind that right. deception, right? What ultimately said, Oh, okay, wait a minute. Maybe you're not all there is. Did God really say? Right. He's holding out on you, right? Yeah,
2: He doesn't so, want you to have fun. He's, he's, right. he's he... <laughs> and do what you
1: want, do what you want because right. you can have more when in fact, and this goes to your research, when in fact. I gave you everything because I made you like me. Right. Right. And the exactly. image, and the image of this deceiver, the, the, the person of this deceiver does not have the image of God. He is not a spirit. He is not a soul. And he does not have a body.
3: Right. He is
1: not a spirit. He does not have a soul. And he is without body. That's right. why... Through our compliance, this energy that he embodies can derail our lives.
3: Yeah. And right. What
1: you have proven, the research you've done is so transformational, and many people are gonna have a hard time with it. But I love how you you began this conversation, and that's with these competing energies, if you will, these competing right. spirits.
2: Yeah, you have to take it out of the religious, because a lot of people are so turned off by religion because it's been taken so wrong in so many ways, you know. And
1: and what you I have like, to say will speak to the Muslim, to the Hindu, to the Buddhist, exactly, to the New Year. Exactly. What you have to yeah. say transcends religious
2: dogma. Exactly. And I tell people all the time, I I was actually uh, invited to speak at, an, at a New Age conference down in, um, in Florida a couple years back. In fact, he just called me and asked if I'd be interested in doing another talk. Um, and I, at the very beginning, I said, I just want to be clear with you. When we talk about this energy that we're all seeking to, uh, or to combine with or whatever, I just want to let you know that I believe that it's a real person that wants to have a relationship with me. He's my creator. And by taking that view of having somebody and i I shared psalm 139 because i work a lot with the psalms psalm 139 in fact i just put it to music (laughs) um god is saying when you were in darkness in your mother's womb i was knitting you together i was i was particularly designing you uniquely out of all the billions i was designing you uniquely now when that when that comes across to my brain I'm going like what an incredible thought that there's this this superior being person that reached into my life designed me specifically and brought me forth at a specific time with what he put in me to then begin to reveal to the world what he put in me i mean not that That's just an incredible thought to me. An incredible
1: thought. And then we have the work of German New Medicine, the work of Dr. Homer.
3: We have the work
1: of the French. We have the work of these brilliant minds that came before us that practically, not practically, in every imaginable way. And then Gilbert Renault, Dr. Sabat, the Pyramid of Health, that prove the absolute science of what you are saying. It's an unbelievable it, thing to wrap it, our mind around.
2: And what and that even speaks to the to the, I don't know if you would want to call it the timeline, but I believe that we're in, we talk about the chaos that's going on right now. Well I believe there's not that's not by accident. I believe that that we are specifically going through this continuum time continuum. And in each phase of that continuum, there have been revelations that have been brought forth because our Heavenly Father wants us to be restored to his original design. He because he had this in mind when he was when he took this dust of the ground and created Adam out of it. He had a design in mind already. He he wasn't just playing with pe- Play-Doh. <laughs> he was. You know, and and here's an incredible thought as he's designing Adam, he already knows that Adam is going to fall, that he's going to lead the human race into this chaos and this this degradation and this toxins and all of the things that we've experienced. And he knows that 4000 years down the line. He is going to come because John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and all things are created by him, and nothing nothing that was made was not made without him. So we know that Jesus, who's on the cross, is the the creator, who then he picks up this glob of clay, creates Adam in a fashion that will be able to withstand 4,000 years of toxins and chaos and everything else, to the point where he's going to carry that embodiment to the cross and be able to withstand that. I mean, that's just an amazing thought all in itself. And I don't want to get too religious about it, but it's just the fact that he is the designer, like Michio Kaku, who is a string theory physicist. He said, you know, I may not believe in a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he said, if you want to know God, then you have to be, have to think mathematics because There's so much design within creation
1: that it can't
2: be here without a designer. There has to be a designer in the process.
1: Well, you'd have to ignore the science to disregard that fact. But I want to say something about what you just mentioned to bring it back to why this conversation with you became so important to me. It isn't just the confusion and the chaos and dis-ease that we're all experiencing like the world has never experienced the human condition, right? We're experiencing because we're all so interconnected because of technology now. I want people to understand regardless of what religion you associate yourself with. I want us all to put our doctrinal differences aside for a moment so we can see so you can consider through the things that steve's going to share with us today the truth of christmas is this that the word yahweh the prince of peace right the son of god by the way a claim that no other religious world holds But for the sake of historic documentation, there is this man that made those claims, and his life was is supported by thousands of years of well documented history.
3: Right, right. Because
1: we see fingerprints of Christ in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and every single book of the Old Testament, and of course New Testament. Yeah. But regardless of that, the science you're going to share with us of the rhythm of this message that he in fact was the word and he is the prince of peace. And he alone gave us the promise of hope and the gift of freedom. That's why with great confidence at rest, we invite people regardless of their background to experience rest, because we know that there's laws of nature, things that are self-evident and appeal to their natural affection. That will seduce the inner workings of their capacity to reason in such a compelling way that they will come face to face with theology, with philosophy, with how the soul works through the brain in the body in such a way that then they can decide for themselves with, with much less, with how about this, lower levels of ignorance, Right. It's just not having information.
3: So more
1: information than they had before. And then they can decide which path they're gonna walk down, which road they're gonna which lane they're gonna live in. And I think that's the thing I as a person who's my mentor said, You're the most reluctant scholar and academic that I've ever met in my life. (laughs) It's taken me 30 years to persuade you that God gave you the capacity and the passion and the conviction to explain these deeper things to people in such a way that they can heal and live free. Yeah, yeah. And so I I want you, if you don't mind at this juncture, to share your story. Because you and I worked for very long periods of time, you a lifetime, in the medical field. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want people to understand why we can have we can hold on to the promise of hope.
3: Right, the right.
1: Freedom that this baby ushered into the world because it isn't blind. It is a claim made by no other religious leader. So explain to us your story, especially your suffering emotionally, spiritually, physically, of health reasons or political reasons. And we're gonna, I'm going to sit here and enjoy this story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I have to go back clear to around seven years old when I was taking piano lessons <laughs> and I didn't do well with them I have to say because some for some reason I had this perfectionist idea that if I made a mistake I couldn't let anybody hear me make a mistake and so I I finally just stopped because I kept making mistakes until I was 45 years old I just really didn't do anything musically maybe a little bit of guitar a little a choir once in a while or something, but not really. And I was doing hemodialysis as a registered nurse, and I was asked to help build a dialysis clinic in China. While we were over there helping set things up, the doctors wanted to go out to dinner one evening, and they had karaoke. And, of course, since I was the only Westerner there, they wanted me to do the John Denver songs. (laughs) And uh, so I did my part, and Dr. Xi got up and uh, he wanted to do a song and he started singing and it was terrible he couldn't carry a note worth anything and and so i'm sitting in the back cringing and 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 i say this as if there's this conversation going on but it felt like this to me but like it's like god tapped me on the shoulder and he said what do you see there and i said well it sounds terrible i i it I, it's hurting my ears you know he said i didn't ask what you hear i said what he said i asked you what do you see and I said well he has a big smile on his face he's really enjoying himself and he's and God said yeah that's what I want from you he said from now on I want you to think about having an audience of one no matter what you do I'm the one that you're pleasing not anybody else and that really struck me because he he convicted me that my perfectionism had led me to not do anything has sidetracked me and uh, he said i want you to come back now to music well within a few months i started taking a few piano lessons from a a gal that played beautifully by ear and she started teaching me how to transpose and to just hear something and play it and so i started working with that i didn't do real well at the piano but at that point is when i really decided I was gonna build myself a harp. (laughs) And uh, I built a small little 26 string harp. And I thought, let me just see what happens. Well, within a year I was playing, like I tell people uh, well enough to be brave enough to let people hear me. (laughs) And I could make mistakes and keep going because for some reason, father had changed my heart. So within about a year or year and a half, I started taking that little harp into my dialysis patients. And I, if we, cause in dialysis, you have about a three hour period of time. And so I, I would get the harp out and say, do you mind if I play a little bit while we're, you know, we've got this times and no, that's really cool. Well, I started noticing some amazing things. People who never slept, started sleeping. People who had taken pain medicine that wasn't working the minute it started working. Blood pressures would come down. Blood pressures normally come down with dialysis because you're taking fluid off. But at the same time, it was more than before. It was unusual. And heart rates would come down, oxygen saturations up. And so I'm seeing these physiological changes. And I'm going, okay, there's something else going on. What is what's what is this? And it was with the music and versus not with the music. Clear difference. And so I was reading in... First Samuel 16, one day when they brought David in from the right. pasture to play his heart for King Saul, who had a troubling spirit. And as he played, the troubling spirit would leave. And I thought, I think that's what I'm seeing going on here. And so, well, then I started asking the question. So this is by now, it's about 2005, 2006.
1: How many years had transpired from when you heard when you were in China establishing the clinic? and you specifically heard that voice. And now, how many years? That was,
2: 1998 was the China. Actually in 2005 is when I started asking the question. And then 2006, we went over to Israel for- um, About
1: seven, eight years.
2: Yeah. And so my my big question was, as we were getting ready to go to Israel, I thought I'm gonna see if I can find archeologists, rabbis, whatever. That would be willing to talk to me and find out does anybody know what David's psalms sounded like because David is playing the psalms obviously to King Saul so what does is that music preserved anywhere was my first question you know you know the comical had did they find some sheep music in an archaeological dig (laughs) and the answer to that obviously no but so I started while we were in 2006 over in Israel I started asking around Nobody had any ideas, really, but there's a harp maker in Israel. His name is Mika Harari, and I talked with him, and he makes a little 22-string harp. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and he took one letter and carved it at the base of each of the strings so that somebody could go to the psalm in the Hebrew language and start to just go letter-to-note, 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 and just play the psalm that way just as a spiritual activity it wasn't he and i asked him i said well does is that have does that give us the music of the psalm and he said mm, i not really he said it's just that he said i think there's a relationship but i just haven't figured it out i said well where did you start you know which string goes to which note and he said well i just started at the bottom and went to the top but that gave me the idea that if there was a relationship, there would be a linear relationship between the letters and the notes. So if I took the middle of the letters and went to the middle of the notes and went up and down from there, maybe I'd have something to work with. So that's where I started. Psalm 23 was the first one I did. And so the first thing that happened was I tried playing letter to letter like that. And it didn't make musical sense. It didn't have the kind of phrasing that you normally get. It was kind of chaotic. And so i I think I'm, something's missing here. And so I prayed about it. I said, Father, I'm. I really think there's something I need to understand, but what am I missing? And immediately I got this idea that if you look at all of the notes that are in a Hebrew word and play those notes together, when you play more than one note, you have a chord. And so when you play word to word to word, chord to chord to chord you're you're talking about chord progression is what we call it in music and that made sense and i started playing those and that made beautiful music there's there's some songs like psalm 121.
1: you found the the matrix
2: in the actual
1: psalms yeah correlating by discovering the patterns in the actual written word and the mathematical equation that correlated right. these musical patterns—in other words, the Bible is set to music.
3: That Since means you I...
1: can share the gospel with a person who Musi- is musically,
2: yeah. musically,
1: which is why your people began to heal.
2: Well, and that's one hundred percent true. And what's really fun is I'll be playing for a wedding, for a dinner, or something. And I'm playing the songs. Nobody knows what I'm playing, but it. Everybody comments that oh, that was so peaceful. That was so amazing. What were you What were you playing? I've never heard that music before, and it's not because it's something that I'm inventing. It's because I'm just bringing what's already written into the musical form. There was another step along the way. I was researching more, and I found uh, Leonard Horowitz, who had written a book, Healing Codes for the Biological Apocalypse, and uh, in that, there's a chapter by uh, he co-wrote with Joseph Pulio, And Joseph Pulio said that he had had a download from the Holy Spirit about uh, Numbers chapter seven, in which there are patterns there that list out the six solfeggio frequencies four times within that chapter. So
1: Dr. Hurwitz.
2: Yes.
3: Wrote
1: this book. And I want to repeat it for the sake of our listeners. Healing Codes for the Biological Apocalypse.
2: apocalypse. Yeah.
1: Amazing. When was this book written?
2: Probably back in the 90s, I would guess. I, I could go look at my copy and see what this Here we go.
1: Was. Here we go with treasures, information, right. data, right. science that's left behind for us to right. step out of our ignorance, research, and live yeah. free. Yeah. Well, tell me about this book. Tell us about it.
2: So Joseph Puglio, his, this download from the Holy Spirit, identified from Numbers chapter 7, verses 12 through 83. There, What's going on there is Moses has just set up the tabernacle in the wilderness, and it's going to be dedicated. And so starting with verse 12, it says, and Pinchas from the tribe of Yehudah, brought these dedication gifts and it takes six verses to list out all of the gifts that he brought and then the next seventh verse after that so it'll be 19 it says and on the second day so and so from the tribe of issachar and and six verses and but it says exactly that you know it lists out exactly the same thing that the first day was and that happens 12 times now i tell people when i'm giving this talk if I was in my high school English class writing a paper, if I repeated six verses twelve times, I'd have red marks all over there. You can't say you say the same thing twelve times and expect to get your word count up. You know, that's now go back and get some original words oh, there. Yeah. You know. So the question is, if God wrote the bible and i believe he did at least he he's dictating to the prophets who are writing it down i believe this is my belief is he a bad hebrew text writer <laughs> that he would repeat six times so there's a phenomena in the in studying hebrew language in which if you see something repeated twice like let's say shalom shalom in the text it's a it's a flashing light. It's saying there's something else you need to understand here. It's not it's not put there twice because they forgot you they said it the first time or whatever. It's it's a linguistic tool to highlight there's something else to find here. Well, this is a repeat times twelve. And the patterns that are there are repeated four times. The numbers that we find there are repeated four times within those twelve and so what we have there is an incredible and so we get these these six different three-digit numbers out of it and we do the patterns out of the verse numberings there and i won't i have a whole teaching on that so i won't go into that right now but it gives us these same three numbers that are reflected in the solfeggio frequencies which are notes okay and most people understand have at least heard that term solfeggio frequencies. Some call it a scale. It's truly not a scale, because each can note. you
1: define what the solfeggio is?
2: Okay, solfeggio is what it means in Italian is named uh, notes. So do re mi fa so, la ti is is what we the names we you know, sound of music, a doe, a deer, a you know, so that's solfeggio. But each one of those notes is not a scale because a scale has regular intervals. These notes are separate. They have, some are very close together, some are far apart. So it's not something that you could play music with. But it, each one of the notes has a, what I call a harmonic key that accompanies it. In other words for the 528 which is the most popular of those solfeggio frequencies and you're hear a lot about it from a lot of sources it's called the frequency of love or the frequency of life i like to call it the frequency of light because interestingly enough when i took the name of god yod Vavhe, vav and put that into the notes it ends up being the c major chord which is the five which is based on the 528 frequency now I'll throw another little thing in there. <laughs> if we tune like concert tunes, they take the A note and make it 440 hertz. And if you play the C note above that A, it, is, it ends up being only 523 hertz. Well, how do you get 528 hertz if you really want to play that note that's the the, the miracle frequency? Well, you have to take your... 440 and bring it up to 444 for your calibration. And then when you play the C note, it will be 528. So just as as an aside, when I tell people I'm playing in 528 frequency, that means I'm playing in the key of C major tuned to 444 for my calibration so that that C note playing throughout the music is sounding out that 528 hertz frequency which is that healing frequency, that miracle frequency, that creative frequency. I believe yod he vav he God, he signs his creation with his name. In other words, he signs it audibly. It's the sound. When he said light be, he didn't say it. He sang it, I believe, in 528 frequency. That's why I like the recording I did. I call it frequency of light because it's the 528 frequency and i believe he's said he's saying light be in 528 frequency and that released the light into the creation
1: is so. that why it says that his spirit hovered
2: exactly and that
1: hovering is a frequency
2: exactly yeah can you
1: as as a the ph-
2: word hovering is actually means quivering
1: quivering that's right yeah so it's a frequency
2: yeah exactly
1: as a physician I just like to get practical with these things because I'm not a music person and some of what you're saying is just Greek to me. But intuitively, (laughs) it's resonating with me because I have a working understanding of the function of mathematics in explaining the order of all things. So obviously, we're told that this baby that entered into, that descended, that came down and pierced into time or burst into time, that he's the light of the world.
2: Exactly. So
1: when we're told that in the beginning it was a word and the word was with God and was great. and you we know that thoughts have power, but words have authority. So we know that the living word, in fact, words are frequencies, they're energy. Right. It's right. energy that's absorbed and this isn't a new age thing. This is a profoundly biblical sound thing. You've just found the mathematical and scientific matrix to persuade people, to tell people, look at this beautiful landscape. This is the fingerprints of God in the creative order of things. And as a physician, I've seen the healing power of this truth manifesting in the absolute physical, mental, and emotional state of my patients.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: Stated or is that accurate?
2: That's very accurate. I I can give you hundreds of comments on my on my YouTube the people who tell me what the music has done for them, what changes it's made in their life. It's from everything from being able to sleep through the night, from getting off drugs, from I I can't I don't make this claim, but people tell me they've been cured of cancer. They tell me that I I'll tell you a story. Do you have time for a story?
1: We will end with a story because I want to pick up on the next segment. This is okay. something we can't stop discussing. This is a okay. wow.
2: Well, let me let me just kind of encapsulate before I go to the story. Leonard Horowitz called me one day out of the blue and, and he, explained, he said, I'm Leonard Horowitz. Oh, you're the one that wrote the book. He said, yeah. He said, I want you to know, he said, he called him Joey. Joey and I knew that there was something about the music we needed to understand, but we didn't know how to put it together. He said, you've put it together. <laughs> so, wow. so he said, would it be okay with you if I carried some of your music on my on my site to offer to people? Because what you're doing is amazing. And so, yeah, he carries some of my music on his site now. So, but that's what is, just- What is
1: your YouTube station? Because I want people to be able to go read and listen and follow and purchase and get and subscribe. I want everyone to know that the glory of Christmas, the promise of peace, the gift of peace, the Prince of Peace,
3: that gives us
1: the the promise of hope and the gift of freedom, that he is among us, he dwells among us, and they can access the living word in practical ways in the story of their lives. When brilliant men like this call you and say, you're the missing piece to our puzzle that we couldn't quite figure out. I want everyone to find hope.
3: Yeah. And yeah.
1: knowledge and understanding of these things. My people perish because they don't know. They don't have Lack the information. Of knowledge.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I have a, a website that is uh www.calmingharp.com. H A R P. It's where you can order either CDs or MP3s either way. Then my YouTube channel is Peregrinati. I'll have to spell that for you. Uh, P-E-R-E-G-R-I-N-N-A-T-T-I. But most people tell me if you type in you know, in the search on YouTube, Steve Reese Harp, it pops right up. So spell that's your, easier.
3: Spell your
1: last name for everyone.
2: R-E-E-S. Got it. Steve,
1: yeah. oh, yes, Steve, yeah. this is just fascinating. I'd like to pause because sometimes the, the, there's so much to discuss here, but I'd really like to go deep into the science, if you can, yeah. the structure, the science, the history of this. And again, touch on why the life of this baby that we celebrate in the month of december has global appeal
3: right
1: universal conviction the hope of rest the promise of rest the hope of freedom the fact that there's light that came into the world even if you do not believe that jesus was who he said he was all of those words that describe the advent and the process and the pilgrimage to that ultimate day i think is intuitively compelling because we're made in the image of god and the particles of everything you discuss the particles the element the constitution the physics of everything you discuss is there to be heard and seen and understood studied i should say and understood and
2: let's stick with the light uh, understanding because once again light is that 528 uh, frequency interesting leonard has another book out called the the book of 528 which has all of the mathematical formulas if you want to get into the math but he shows the relationship between the sound of 528 and light (laughs) so that's a whole nother beautiful understanding of how this all weaves in and out but then matsuro emoto did the uh, experiments with freezing water samples and he found that taking a sewer sample looking at that crystal was all deformed but then he took the same water put 528 frequency through it and then refroze it and got that perfect snowflake just by putting the. so you know our bodies 75 to 80 percent water what do you think is happening to us if we're exposing to the 528 frequency and i tell people all the time see, like you as a physician, we use that word disease all the time. Well, if you break that down, it's dis-ease. That means we've come out of tune. And so if 528 is the creative frequency that we were created with and we've come out of that frequency, if we can expose ourselves back to that frequency, it's like my harp here. I have to, you know, every couple of days I have to tune it because it just naturally gets out of tune just by being in the environment. And so then I have to tweak it up a little bit to get it back in tune. Well, what do you think we have to have? We have to get back in tune as well because we have become too dis-ease. We need to be brought back to ease. And so I keep telling people, I'm just scratching the surface because every time I talk about it, something else comes to my mind about how this applies because it's it's just our creator created us with the design. And when we come away from that design, we suffer. And when we come back to the design, we come back to that blessing and that life. It's as simple as, it's as difficult as that. And it's as simple as that. You the know.
3: story
1: of the historic Christ that came into time in the narrative of history and how he's described through for thousands of years, because in Isaiah, we see the promise of his coming. The Old Testament, all, oh, is the foreshadowing light of him. When you really pause for a minute and consider the truth of those statements in light of the things you're gonna be sharing with us in the next segment, it is perhaps the most precious gift anybody can give you this Christmas is the truth. This isn't just another story in the volumes of story in recorded time. That there are too many mysteries, there's too much physics, there's too much science, there is too much math, there is too much that lines up with the substance of the scriptures. And so we're going to pause right now in this (laughs) segment and invite people to join us so in the next segment we can really bring home why light is so compelling to humanity, that in and of itself causes us to pause and say was this person really the light of the world that was the only person that can really give us the promise of rest and the hope of freedom is this in fact is there a mystery perhaps here that i missed um what are your closing thoughts before we begin the next segment
2: well just kind of bouncing off of what you're saying right there is that in the beginning was the word. So he begins that creation process with light that and the design the of the designer has has to incorporate light into everything. He without light, the creation doesn't even happen. And then when when this baby is born and comes into our existence, you know, Revelation says he's a lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. So he's all of these things are not time limited. We're, limit, we're limited in time. But anyway, he enters our history now, 2,000 years ago. And what is what does he call himself? The light of the world. He's letting us know that the one that started it all, that's me. But now that things have gotten where they are, I've come to be right in with you because I know you need me to help bring you back to where I designed you to be. And that's, you know, that's really the whole heart of it to me. I don't like religion because religion is man's inventions about how to think they're going to reach God. But what I like to talk about is relationship, having a relationship with the creator. And therefore I don't belong to any denomination. I don't do any of that stuff. I, We go all over the place because we my wife and I, we feel like our hearts cry is to get to know this person that was born in this stable because You know, it's interesting, Muslims don't have a hard time with Jesus. Hindus don't have a hard time with Jesus. They just have a hard time with the people who are carrying, calling themselves Christians. The person, Jesus, Yeshua, whatever name you want to use, nobody has a a problem with the way he lived his life.
1: He's all over the Quran, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. So there's no problem with the person. The problem is with the religion. And so, my heart cry is, to, let's get back to the person. Let's get back to the relationship.
1: And the problem also is who he said he was. He exactly. said, I am the son of God. And then exactly. God yeah. that.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. And so he made it very clear. And so I tell the one string of my harp, I play relationship, relationship, relationship. That's that's what it all boils down to, is that we can have this relationship with this amazing being that wants to have relationship with us designed us and has done everything to make it possible for us to have this yeshua said i've come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly how many people want to turn away from abundant life i mean that's that's our promise that's our hope that's that is to me if 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 i could say anything then let's let's shoot for this abundant life because I think that's what people really want.
1: We need it. No matter, no matter what, we need it more than ever. And if there's even hope in truth, which I'm hoping that we can continue this conversation and give context to why this can be a Christmas like no other in relationship with the value that you have within yourself to God. That's why he made you yeah. like him, spirit, soul, body. Exactly. The communion you can step into with God and the consequence that has in how we live and love each other.
3: Right. Right. Steve,
1: thank you so much. We're going to okay. continue this conversation because we haven't even touched on
2: scratching the surface,
1: Yeah,
3: <laughs> the
0: substance of your work. Thank you so much.
2: Absolutely. It's okay, been a joy.
0: Man. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to com forward slash donate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week.